Good day, everyone. Welcome to Vanish Chicagoland Stories, the podcast. This is episode 38, season two. I'm your host, Pete Costanas. Today's date is July 11th, 2021. And this program is brought to you by Polk Brothers Appliance Stores. And here is a commercial from 1983. Polk Brothers brings you the miracle of moisture in an exciting new way. The Douglas Ultrasonic Humidifier. Quietly atomizing up to four gallons of comforting humidity a day into your home or apartment. Polk priced at only $99.95. And with your Sonic Mist Humidifier, for only $4, you get a Polk Brothers Extra. Your own money-saving Cobra Telephone, complete with a 25-foot extension cord. See the Douglas Sonic Mist Humidifier at all Polk stores today. Okay, I am back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial from Pope Brothers. Uh, what a wonderful store. Uh, we all miss it. Uh, we Everybody in Chicagoland uh, grew up with that store. They had everything. Everything. That's amazing. Uh, I wrote a story about Pope Brothers on my blog, and it's uh, you can find it there on vanishchicagoland.blog. It was uh, published on November 15, 2020. And I talked about a few, I talked about the history of it, how it got started, and uh, my memories of that, uh, of that store, that uh, things that we purchased, my family and I, that is. And uh, so I'll start in the beginning, and uh, here we go. So um, Polk Brothers was a, uh, was a large, <coughs> excuse me, large appliance store. Had a lot of electronics later on, and uh, it was founded by a man named Saul Polk. And that store opened in 1935, and it was first called uh, Central Appliance and Furniture, and the, the address was at 3334 North Central Avenue. And uh, it, they, he ran the business, but also his brothers. His brothers' names were Sam, Harry, David, and Morris. And they had a sister. Her name is Gisela. Her name was Goldie. And uh, it was renamed Polk Brothers in 1946. And I believe it moved from that location to uh, 2850. I'm not sure. I have to check the photos of that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, 2850 North uh, Central. And... Uh, I- Everyone remembers the neon sign with the big General Electric uh, logo. And then at night it flashed and with the other lights. And people told me it's gorgeous. It, it was a beautiful store looked, you know, when you looked outside of it. And uh, let's see. So that uh, it was very a very popular story at the time. And, uh, and it was very dominant in the electronic appliance uh, uh, era. So uh, the it was also known for its aggressive salesman. So they, they call it the aggressive, let's make a deal salesman. You know, the moment you walk into the door, uh, they were right there and they would, uh, they say they help you, but they were like um, watching you like a hawk. First you would tell them, you know, I like to browse and all that. But if you knew what you wanted, to buy, they will they will direct you. They will tell you these guys were uh, very knowledgeable, very informative. It could be pushy. A lot of people don't like pushy salesmen. I can understand that. I don't like it either. 
But sometimes when you go to a store and you can't find anybody, that's frustrating. It really is. So uh can't win either way. And uh, so uh, Saul Polk, you know, he ran the business until the end, uh, until not before he went out of business. Uh, the, he died in May 15, 1988. And uh, the business, it went out of business in 1992, and they had their assets transferred to the Polk Brothers Foundation, which is still there. And uh, they donated $20 million to the re- redevelopment of Navy Pier. And they have a park and a fountain at the entrance of the pier. And it's called the Polk Brothers Park and Fountain. If I ever go to Navy Pier one day, I will take a look at it. It sounds very nice. Very nice, you know. And uh, it was also the, one of the first to advertise on TV in color. And uh, they advertise uh, color television. And uh, so that was pretty cool like that. And then um, let's see what else. Uh, the things that my family purchased, uh, when we moved to the Ashburn neighborhood in Chicago on the southwest side, we needed a refrigerator. So there was a Polk Brothers store at Fort City Shopping Mall. And we went there and we bought a General Electric brown refrigerator, which is still we still have it. It's in the garage. I've taken photos of that, and my mom uses this for storage, but it was sturdy. The quality was wonderful, and uh, we had to make our own ice, you know, had ice trays, you know, it wasn't automatic, but it didn't matter. We took turns, you know, if we ran out of ice, uh, me and my brothers and my mom would uh, fill up the ice tray and then fill it in. And uh, another thing we bought was a color television, and that was our first one. I wrote uh, a story about that as well on my blog. And it was a Zenith, and we bought it um, the same year, 1974. There's a picture of me, my brothers, and my mom. It's on my uh, profile on Facebook, if you can find a photo. And we're standing we're standing beside it. And the show that was playing on the television was Buzzle Circus. So uh, I think we were went to church one day, and it was probably on a weekday. And I don't know what day it was exactly. I mean, maybe for a special occasion. And then, uh, so that was cool seeing that. And I remember the first TV show in color. Well, actually, it was a movie. The first movie I saw in color on that television was the long, long trailer that starred Lucille Ball and Dizzy Arnaz. It was released in 1954. And it looked beautiful back then. I mean, now uh, everything is, uh, you know, it's uh, HD, 4K, it's gorgeous. It still is, but that was at the time was phenomenal. It looked very nice. Okay, uh, then uh, we bought other things there. I think we bought uh, a couple of appliances, maybe, and uh, probably a vacuum cleaner. We bought once, and they did have vacuum cleaners. They had uh, stoves, microwaves, uh, anything, anything you wanted. Radios, stereos. You know they. Uh, the locations, I, I can think of them on the top of the head. Uh, there was another, on the south side, there was one on 85th Street in South Cottage Grove. A lot of people remember that. And then there was one on 60, West 63rd Street, east of Kedzie Avenue. Uh, the one at Fort City opened in 
I don't think it opened in when Fort City opened in 1965. I think it opened later, probably the year later it opened. Then it moved um, to another location, probably in the late 70s or early 80s. I think I'm thinking I'm, my guess is late 70s. It moved to 83rd Street and South Cicero in Burbank, Illinois, and it was there until it closed. And uh, we shopped there as well. Uh, the most famous, a few famous things that came out of the store was the Santa Claus and Snowman displays, and those are sought after. You know, you can still find them on eBay to buy, but during the 60s, uh, they were very popular. They gave them away when you purchase a appliance. They also had Christmas trees on sale, that too. And uh, those are, and you, I, someone told me that you could find them at antique stores. And uh, I, was, I, I had the urge to go buy one when I go visit antique store because uh, it's so, you know, uh, nostalgic. It's beautiful. Then um, another thing they had was called the, I'm trying to pronounce it, the Pokalali. Excuse me, Pokalali. So it was like a, it was a string ukulele. And uh, that was, you would uh, receive that when you purchase a refrigerator or any other appliance. And that was made a company called the Peterson Company. And uh, so uh, that, they had, they came in two colors. One was red, one was black. So, and I think the, the most rare ones were the black ones. So I, when I was growing up, I kind of remember something about a you about an instrument. You know, it was very you know it's kind of crooked. You know, when you um, but it looked like uh, it looked like a nice thing to play with. You know, I haven't seen one in you know, I've seen photos of it. I've never seen it in real life, so I wish I'd have. I doubt you could find you know on eBay because they're very rare, very rare. So as I said uh, previously, the store closed in 1992, and uh, because of competition, like from Best Buy and discount stores, which is a shame because uh, we need a store like that now. And whenever we need something, we go there and we go buy it, and they delivered. So it was a it was a good store. I miss it. We we all do. Okay. The next thing I would talk about is the rotor ride at uh, Riverview Park. Now, the rotor ride, um, that was designed and patented by a German engineer. His name was Ernst Hoffmeister. And uh, that was demonstrated at Oktoberfest in 1949. And uh, it's that. It was an interesting ride. So when you entered the ride, uh, it was like some like a barrel, and then you would line up. Everyone would line up, and you'd be pinned on the wall. And once the ride starts, you would be spinning around, and uh, it's called like a the rotation of the barrel creates an inward acting centripetal force. And uh, once the barrel attained full speed. The floor is retracted, and you're stuck on the wall, which it sounds pretty cool. I never rode that. I would like to. And uh, it would take about a few minutes, and then 
the rice was slow. They, they would slide down the wall. And then, you know, the the, the floor would rise. So, and, and but it, from according to some people, that's a lot of fun. And uh, the one at Riverview Park, the road ride opened in 1952. And it stayed there until the park closed in 1967. Now, uh, they opened, um, another one that opened in Chicago was at Six Flags Great America, which at the time was called Marriott's. That opened in 1976. But it was also called the Cajun Cliffhanger. And uh, it was like the same thing. Uh, But the thing is, on on July 2000, uh, there were two girls Two little girls that were injured on a ride, and they uh, they had injuries on their feet. Uh, thank goodness they weren't killed, so that's good. And they found they did uh, investigate, and they found the operators negligent. Which I don't know why they did that, and they were fined. They didn't go to jail. So, and then uh, it was it opened in 1976, and it closed at the year 2000. And during the off season, uh, in 2001, they uh, it was demolished. They got rid of it, and now the the uh, roller coaster ride, the Joker, took its place. So it's there right now. And uh, so I've people uh, when I posted uh, photos from Riverview Park, they did mention the rotor, and most people love that ride. They really did. Um, but uh, I haven't heard any injuries. If they had any injuries at Riverview Park, didn't hear anything. I, I don't know. So um, then, it, so it was called the Cajun Cliffhanger. It was uh, very interesting. You know, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, uh, but there are still some around in the United States, and some have closed. And uh, let's see what oh, there was also um, they had one they had three different rides at a music park called Kennywood that's in a town called West Mifflin, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. They have like old fashioned roller coasters, also great new ones. So that sounds like fun. And they were a lot of them were in the United States. I think there's a uh, there's one famous one in Sydney, Australia, and it's at the Luna Park, Sydney, and still operating. So that's uh, that's good. <laughs> okay, the next thing I will talk about is uh, 8 o'clock coffee from A&P. Now, eight, A&P, 8 o'clock coffee, excuse me, 8 o'clock coffee is, is still on the market. You can still find them in stores, but A&P doesn't own them because uh, they went out of business. Uh, A&P was... Um, it was there for a long time. So uh, that started, uh, I'll read the history of that. It was created in 1859, a long time ago. And uh, they sold the brand around in 2003. Um, the A&P stores left Chicago around 1981, 82. I think in 82 they had left. And all the stores of A&P, mostly like in Canada, uh, they closed in 2015. Uh, A&P was still around in the 80s and 90s on the East Coast because I visited New York one time in 1988 and I saw a couple stores on the corner. I saw a couple of A&P and I went into one. 
And uh, it was almost the same, but it wasn't like when I grew up. So uh, the Eight Coffee, <coughs> excuse me, was very, uh, when you entered in the store, you could smell it right away because it was, you grind it yourself there. You can also buy it when it's ready, when it's packaged. And uh, so I'll talk about a little more of that. But first, I will uh, we'll have a commercial from 8 O'Clock Coffee, and it's from AP, and it's uh, from 1975. A&P cares about coffee every single bean. So we keep the richness of our 100% Brazilian 8 O'Clock Coffee nature sealed in whole beans until it's ground to your order. It keeps 8 O'Clock's Brazil bright flavor alive like no can can. 8 O'Clock's live flavor. Always a money saver at A&P and A&P's Amart food stores. Now 69 cents a pound of the three pound bag for $1.99. A&P cares about coffee and about you. Okay, I am back. I'm glad you enjoyed that commercial. Uh, I'll talk a little more about 8 O'Clock Coffee. Um, they had three kinds, uh, three flavors, and um, according to some websites and information, they had uh, it came in uh, packages of red, yellow, and black. Uh, the the red one was a it was a mild, mellow flavor, so it was like regular, and there was uh, the other one was red circle coffee, and that was uh, rich and full body, so it must be very strong. And the other one was a Bokar coffee, and uh, that came in a block, and it was vigorous and whiny. I'm not sure what that means. So uh, that's that's interesting to that. And uh, so I never sampled those. Never did. You know, so that's a shame. So uh, sometimes they came in packages like in paper or in... Um, cans so the name of bokar and it was described as 100 percent arabica beans named for two famous coffee producing areas in colombia in the cities and uh so it was from bogota which is the capital and cartagena i think that's how you pronounce it and when you grind it extra fine <coughs> excuse me it makes a wonderful espresso. I like espresso. It's very good. Anyway, so for the grinder, uh, my earliest memory of the um, of the A&P coffee grinder, uh, when I lived in Roseland neighborhood in the early 1970s, there was an AP in store nearby. It was on 112 on 112th Street and Michigan Avenue, right to Farm Gately's uh, department store, Gately's People Store. And uh, I remember sawdust on the floor, and uh, my mom shopped there all the time. And uh, I re I'm trying to remember because uh, the coffee grinders were located not too not too far from the checkout line lanes. Excuse me. And I remember this distinctive red color and its smell, of course, that I mentioned before. And uh, my mother never used it; she always bought uh, ready-made. Or other brands, so which is a shame, you know. I, I was too young to to taste it. So, and then I remember on the selectors, on the grinders, on the side, it had uh, 
Like for example, it had open pot grind. If you and then the other one was percolator grind, then electric perk, then drip pot grind, and then it had vacuum pot grind. I remember in the old days, some people used to boil coffee. Uh, I never had it, but my mom did that for a time. I think she still has the pot somewhere around, probably in the garage. And it was real, I used to see those on television shows in the sixties. They used to boil coffee i'm sure it tasted good maybe it did i don't know but it probably took a while to make it you know and then the selector um when you look at the dial you know you could see on the on the dial that is and you have off and it uh regular pot perk drip extra fine um also also medium or coarse i think coarse meant strong i like strong myself so that's an interesting uh you know thing uh it the coffee is still sold in stores i used i saw it recently at a store near my house i'm tempted to buy it someday so we'll see i don't know if it tasted you know in the old days maybe it does maybe it did but you know they come out with different flavors or um how you wanted it you wanted uh a house blend, you want it strong, you want a Colombian, you want flavored like French vanilla or chicory, you know, like that. Okay, so uh, that's all for 8 o'clock coffee. Uh, before I sign off, I'm going to talk about a couple things. Uh, this week I posted a photo uh, from Bozo Circus. It was like a stand, and they gave them away when you attended the show, when it started. So I mentioned, when I posted that on my Facebook page and my social media accounts, uh, I will be celebrating its 60th anniversary of Bozo Circus in September. So I will post uh, every week, uh, you know, about Bozo Circus. And then when, and when the show in September, uh, I will uh, probably uh, put together a video, maybe write a story about my memories of watching Bozo Circus, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, because the show debuted in September 11, 1961. So it's coming up. So uh, this is the anniversary of the show. I, um, the character first appeared on television in June of 1960. And that was portrayed by Bob Bell. So uh, I'll talk about him, about talk that in a future episode, you know, around September. And it should be a lot of fun because I think uh, according to some people that sent me uh, – emails and comments and they're looking forward to that and because of their memories because it was that was one show i couldn't forget when growing up it was fascinating to watch i was mesmerized by that so it'd be kind of fun and uh another thing i want to mention you know sometimes uh, i get a couple of comments from people that you know i don't really do my homework and, you know, I, you know, if I talk about an episode, I, I get the history. Well, I do my best to get the, you know, the background of each subject I speak about on the program. But maybe a couple of people haven't listened to all the episodes. So I do my best. I apologize, but uh, we'll see. And, uh, you know, because I'm still nervous doing this. I really am. But I enjoy it. I love it. You know, I really do. And, uh, you know, because, uh, this, I'm a one man operation. It's just me doing it. Uh, it'd be nice to have a guest, but you know, I'm doing this out of my house. So, 
I'm still a little, I'm still in recovery, you know, from the prostate cancer surgery, but I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. So that's good. And uh, so uh, that'll be all for today. I'm glad you can join me. This is episode 38, season two of Banishing Compliment Stories. I'm your host, Pete Costanz. I hope you can join me for my next episode, which will be uh, episode 39. So, uh, so it's, oh, I just want one clarification. I mentioned, uh, on a previous episode about Amos and Andy, it was the 60th anniversary. It was not, it was the 70th because it premiered on June 28th, 1951, not 61. So I apologize for that. Okay. So uh, I'm glad you could join me. So, uh, it's bye-bye now for me and here's bye-bye for bye-bye now from Ray Rayner. So take it away, Ray. We have to go. Bye, bye, bye.